You're listening to The Truth With Studi on the Stream Grace Network. Hey, good evening. Well, it's a little bit past 7 o'clock, so I didn't hit the 7 p.m. right up. I am still fighting these technical difficulties. I need your prayer. (laughs) But thank you for joining me for this episode of The Truth with Studi. I hope you've had a great week. Uh, I know it's been a short week because I had my last podcast Thursday night to make up for the previous week and a half that I'd missed. And so we're back on normal schedule. And again, welcome. If this is your first time, welcome. Or if you're a repeat listener, uh, then welcome. And again, if you are listening to the sound of my voice, that is not by any accident, but God has appointed you to this time. You know, I remember years ago, um, close to about 20 years ago or so, I was a IT analyst um, and I was in my office and it just happened to be close to Halloween time and a co-worker of mine who was from England and who loved Halloween and he was an elaborate makeup artist could do the same type of uh, makeup that you see like in the movies right um, he had been setting up a haunted house on our floor at our company and he was stressing because he wanted everything to be ca- uh, perfect. Well, he's coming by my office, and of course, I'm about doing work, and I was asking about work-related things, and he was stressed about the Halloween thing, so he was jumping down my throat because he was stressed about that. And um, and the thing is, is you know, I wasn't his supervisor, but I was in a, a higher role than him, so I could have easily just told him to watch himself, you know, check himself, and, you know, he needs to be, you know, working and not worrying about the other stuff, and he needs to take care of what I'm talking about, but I I started to get a little flustered and and do that and rebuke him, but then the Lord caught me, and and I guess that scripture, it says, a soft answer turns away wrath, and that's what I did. Uh, This was a, a guy who had the same name as me, by the way, Mike, and he had that awesome English accent, and um, he was a jokester and prankster, and he was always trying to prank people, and he was always trying to scare me. He was never able to scare me, but I was always able to get him. It was kind of funny. But the main thing about Mike is uh, me and others, we witnessed to him, and we was the example of Christ to him. And so on that particular day, I had a chance to kind of hurt my testimony with him, but the Lord caught me, and that's when I reacted in love and uh, with a, a kind word, with a soft word, and, and did not um, did not rebuke him like I wanted to do. And you know, it it paid off because later that day, he actually came back around, realized what he had done, apologized, and then it was within a year or so later he actually gave his life to the Lord. So it was really cool. Uh, Mike has since passed on. Uh, praise God, he's gone to his new home in heaven now that he, you know, he became a believer. But uh, I'm just using an example because you know, tonight's topic, I just kind of want to talk about love. And I know love is just thrown around these days. And um, I, I want to give it an importance that it deserves. Um, 
you know, you hear people talk about love and they go, I love this, I love that. And so because of the way the word love has been used, it, it's kind of diminished its meaning because, you know, you tell someone you love, you love them, but then in the same conversation, you say, I love pizza, you know? So again, it, th- this word has lost its um, the importance and the effectiveness. You know, for me, there's certain foods that I really like, right? Uh, so I enjoy those foods. But as far as putting them on that level of love, you know, I'd, I'd rather say I enjoy those or I like those. I, I It's more of an enjoyment. It's not something that I, I truly love, <laughs> right? And so I, my my children, my wife, my, you know, when my parents were alive, that those were ones that I truly loved. Uh, Romans 13, 18, uh, 13, 8, it says, you know, owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Uh, even Second John 1, 6, it says, and this is love that we walk in obedience in his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. So how do you, how do, you do that? In, in that particular day, I was walking in love. I was walking in love. Um, and by doing so, I was keeping God's commandment, um, which again... This is out of Second John. John wrote a lot about love. John always referred to himself as the disciple that God loved. He, he, he was always bragging on himself. When you, when you hear him talk about himself in the Bible, he, he's saying that. Um, and, and in First John 4, 16, again, he says, So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and a God, and God abides in Him. So here we see that God is the sheer definition of love. God is love. So when the verse is talking about that we walk in obedience to His command, that this is loved, again, we are walking in Him. When you are walking in the Spirit of God, and He is walking in you, just like Jesus says. Uh, as me and the Father are one, so shall you be. Through the Holy Spirit. That's why the Holy Spirit came, so it dwell in us. So when we are walking in the Spirit, we are literally walking in love, and that's how we fulfill the commands, and that's why we don't have to worry about the law, well, the, the law of the Ten Commandments and you know the 300 and whatever you know commands that the, the Jews have in the Old Testament because... Love is the fulfillment of all commands. You know, Jesus says here, he's uh, talking to Peter. Peter asked him in Matthew 18, 21, he says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. And of course, Jesus wasn't being literal. He was basically making a point, like, 
you continue to forgive over and over unendlessly because he knew what was coming. He knew that he was going to forgive all men their sins by dying on the cross for them. Remember, he yells out on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. So in forgiveness, at the core of forgiveness is love. You can't forgive without love. You have to walk in love. We have to be like Jesus. And the only way to be like Jesus, to be an imitator of Jesus, is to walk in love. And the only way to walk in love is to walk in the Spirit, to have the Holy Spirit in us, and to be full of his cup. When they asked Jesus, they asked him, what was the greatest command? He told them to love, to love one another. And here in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, Paul's talking here. He says, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. Always hopes. Always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesied in part, but when completeness comes, what is in what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And then finally that last verse, verse 13 says, And now these three remain, faith and hope and love. But the greatest of these is love. So we get the definition here of love. I love the fact that I heard a story a couple of decades ago of a good friend of mine. He uh, he told me of a story about his um, girlfriend who later became his wife. But I remember one night she had told him, I love you. And he did not return the sentiment. And she's like, I need to know that you love me. And he goes, I'll get back with you on that. <laughs> so, you know, it's... Most girls, they'd be like, what? You know, how dare you? But you know what he did? He went home and he studied these verses here that we just went over in 1 Corinthians 13. I think that's so amazing. He studied to find out what the definition of love is, how God sees love. And after meditating on it and studying it, you know, he went back, I think it was the next day, and he told her, he goes, well, I love you too. And he, he had to let her know I had to make sure I really did, that I, I, that I met that definition of love, and so he did. And I, I, I think that's just such an amazing story 
Um, because nowadays, people are just so quick to go, I love you. They'll almost tell a stranger that. And it's like, but do you really? Do you love that? And you probably love pizza more than you love that stranger, honestly speaking, like we were talking about before, right? But, um, yeah, just the importance of love. And what I want to point out here is on verse 13, it says, And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. I want you to think about that. Did you know you can have faith to move a mountain? But as we've read through these scriptures, that faith won't produce love. You can have hope against all hope, but it doesn't produce love. But it says the greatest of these is love. So it is love that produces hope, and it's love that produces faith. You can't have true faith without having love. Why? Because in Hebrews it says, without faith it's impossible to please God. In order to have faith to please God, you must be dwelling in God. You must be dwelling in love. You must have the love of God to do that. And it's a reality check, folks. Are you walking in love? Or is love just a byword for you? If you are a child of God, if you claim to be one of His, you must walk in love. If you have unforgiveness in your heart, if you're treating someone bad, I mean, the Bible says to love your enemies, to bless those that curse you. Do you easily get offended? You shouldn't. You shouldn't get offended. Not with grace. Psalm 23 says that grace and mercy is following you all the days of your life so we are covered and we're chased down and we're pursued by mercy and grace and if we're we're within that realm of mercy and grace and we were walking in the spirit of god and walking in the spirit of love then we should not be offended by anything because we have the spirit of god so that's just something to think upon that if you're being quick tempered with someone if you're not being forgiving if you're not showing grace and love and forgiveness and check your cup are you running on overflow are you running with the oil of god where david says in psalm 23 my cup overflows we should be so filled with the holy spirit the holy spirit representing oil representing that living water in us right to the fact that just one drop once we are full one drop makes us overflow one drop are you, are you needing some more drops today? Are you needing that extra that extra love? Well, let's pray. Let's pray. Father God, I pray for those that are struggling and walking in your love today. I pray for those that don't even know you. If you don't know the Lord, repeat this prayer. Father God, I believe that Jesus died and rose again. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth. Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and I want to new, live a life as a new creation, as the Word says, and walk in your love and walk in your spirit from this day forward, in Jesus' name. And if you prayed that prayer, you are born again. You can mark that day down. It's August 8, 2023. Again, 
I hope this message finds you well. I'm glad that you joined me today. And I want you to think upon over this next week before we have our next session. Who is it you need to forgive? Who is it that you need to reach out to? Reach out with the act of kindness, an act of reconciliation. Let the Lord love through you. Let him bring to your mind who that person is. And get her done. And listen, you know, before I go, I've got to say it. You've been served the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Hallelujah.